0: right there. Alright. Welcome everyone to the Not a Rabbi podcast. The podcast where I, not a rabbi, go ahead and try to give you the some insight into Judaism at a high level. And I hope everyone is doing great today. Uh, we are we have actually begun preparations for passover here in the not a rabbi household and uh that's always fun making sure that uh, all the leaven is cleared and made gotten uh, gotten rid of and uh we uh, like i said i hope everyone is having a good day today and everyone is good i uh, got a nice number of people in the chat room already which is awesome thank you all for joining and once again i would like to thank the fine moderators of the 5th <clears throat> Column Discord channel, the unofficial Discord channel of the 5th Column Podcast, for hosting me and the voice in the, uh, in the video chat and the live uh, in this uh, lounge chat thing that we got going on here. So thank you all very, very much for, for doing that. And, uh, you know, mostly for putting up with me, I gotta be honest, uh, you know, most people wouldn't do that. But, uh, in any event, one of the things I wanted to, uh, play a little game today, and, uh, you know, we, we have that new subject, the Jews know us, the, the, the goyim know, cut it, you know, shut it down. Um, however, I'm going to, uh, take an old meme and ask the question of is this anti-semitism and because there are there have been and first of all actually before i get into that i would like to apologize for missing last week's live episode and actually just as a quick warning um this episode is probably going to be more of a uh grip and rip episode where i'm not going to be editing at a lot if at all um because i want to get this up since i missed last week because of the internet outage that i had here at the uh in my studio apartment so anyhow let's uh and uh, finally if uh, you are on the live chat and you would like to ask a question uh, if you don't want to do it via voice which is obviously perfectly okay i'm okay with that you could ask it in the no mic chat channel so this way uh i don't have to figure out where where it is uh so that was uh that was that so let's play that game is this anti-semitism and the first one we're gonna start with is we're gonna start with a with a saturday night live snl always good to have around snl for uh for things like this i guess i don't know uh where they create some sort of quote-unquote controversy with this and basically i don't even know who what well, i have to i'd have to i'll dig it up and put it into the show notes about this but he the, the uh i think he's doing the, the 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 comic is doing the uh the news now the news segment on snl which uh, of course has borne so many famous people out of it and famous bits out of it from um i'm chevy chase and you're not to jane you ignorant slut uh to um dennis miller you know pretty much launching his career with that uh to others uh in that in the in the news role um Jimmy Fallon, also I think, right? Jimmy Fallon did the uh, did that as well, right? He did the he did the news section. Narco agrees and says, "Yep, he did do the uh, he did do the news bit as well." So you see, it, it's a really big launching po- launching point for comedians to get their uh, stuff across sometimes. And uh, this the guy, and again, I forgot who it is, and I I'm not gonna look it up at at the time but he basically said something about israel not um taking care of their own and not giving to the palestinians which if you fact check it i believe is incorrect to begin with we'll we'll leave that as an aside um but a lot of people got very bent out of shape about the comment um however in my opinion this is this is not something that is really anti-semitism i mean you know he just he tried to make a joke the joke failed miserably it was not funny if you watch it and like you get like i said maybe i'll try to find a clip of it and put that onto the show notes as well but it was not funny um to paraphrase jerry seinfeld i'm not offended because i'm jewish i'm offended as a comedian although I'm not really a comedian, but I'm offended as a comedian that this was not funny. That is what my offense, that's what I'm offended by more than anything else. It was just a bad joke that missed badly. And uh, I really, you know, I I, I don't think that that was anti-Semitism at all. People said that it's a dog whistle for blood libels, um, which if anybody doesn't know what a blood libel is, uh, it would be interesting to see would be interesting to uh to maybe do a kind of a history podcast on that one a Jewish history podcast uh because it's something that unfortunately has been around for quite a while uh in different guises and uh you know it's it's uh, it, it it creates a lot of uh bad situations for Jews when blood libels are are listened to a lot, so let's. But, but be that as it may. So that was that was the first one, and that is definitely not something that is anti-Semitic. To the uh, again, my opinion. Uh, you know, people may may differ on that, and uh, you know what? That's completely okay if you want to differ on that, and we can have a discussion over that, and I'm I'm fine with that. Second. Second. Uh, second thing that that we have here going on is the uh the tv show that nbc had and it's a tv show i i don't know if it's on if it's their streaming service only uh if i actually would do something crazy like go to the holiday hollow hollywood reporter article that i have saved that would be something crazy. Um, let's see here. It does not say which. Um, it looks like it's on it. It's on the air of ABC. Um, anyhow, uh, also I'll just make a quote. Uh, make a note here uh, that the Saturday night live comedian or performer is named Michael Chi or Che. And he, the joke that he made was Israel is reporting that they vaccinated half their population. I'm, I'm going to guess that's the, it's the Jewish half again, bad joke landed horribly. Um, to say that he didn't stick the landing would probably be, uh, overly generous. Be that as it may, that's that's what it is. So anyway, let's get back to this nurses thing because um, I, I love the highlight from this. Um, oh, they actually changed the highlight. Ah, They, they changed the headline um, because if you take a look at the slug, this is always very interesting. If you take a look at the slug from Hollywood Reporter, it says NBC accused of having demonized Jews. And then it the headline is NBC pulls controversial nurses episode from digital future airings amid backlash over Orthodox Jew storyline. Uh, you know, and this is an interesting thing. And, And, um, it was, uh, it was called out as the Hollywood Reporter article mentions. And again, I'll be posting that into the show notes and really what brought it to my attention. I think it was our Judaism on Reddit that brought it to my attention, um, but uh the in and they had a post from a website called jew in the city which is actually a very good website and if you want to get uh more information on on judaism and things you can definitely uh go to her she used to have a youtube channel and i don't know if she still does but she used to have a web a youtube channel discussing things she does it on her on her blog as well i think she's diversified her uh what she does a little bit more but regardless that's what brought it to my attention and uh they really messed up big time in terms of how they go ahead and uh portray orthodox jews and specifically the hasidic hasidic jews or the hasidic jews uh with with how they do things and um i it it just it was it's bad you again um here let me go back to the uh report uh, the the article here the doctor informs them that israel will requ- that the child will require a bone graft requiring part of a cadaver's leg to be surgically inserted into his zone you want to put a dead leg inside of me from anyone an arab a woman you know and so it goes through this and it goes there are several uh really bad tropes uh that, that that they go through with this as well if you take a look at the picture from the from the Hollywood reporter article uh I mean it is just the the, the picture is just um that they took from the screen is or from the screenshot is of the episode is just i i am totally appalled by it honestly and um and so i, I definitely think was it anti-semitism probably not anti-semitism per se um, it was a huge lack of knowledge, I think, more than anything else. It was a huge lack of knowledge that the writers didn't have. Now the writers are there probably is a writer or two in the writer room who are Jewish but and they think that might give them the complete background in, and uh, ability to to do things and to know th- they think they know things, but they clearly didn't. And this is one of the things that uh that Jew in the city points out is that she has offered multiple times to multiple organ, uh, multiple production studios in the knot to help them with understanding and getting through and getting a Jewish character correct and authentic uh if you take a look at again if you take a look at the way they they, they are that is about as authentic as a piece of ham pastrami it just is not going to fly. And so, it's uh, it, it is what it is. And again, I I don't think that was necessarily anti-Semitism. However, I think it was just really bad and playing to overly playing to stereotypes, uh, which should not have been done. Um, you know, that's that's you know. And should they pull the episode? Hey, that's that's their business. That's N B. MB- that's, that's up to NBC. <laughs> <laughs> dash dash riprock my my one of my f- fun f- fun commenters uh and attendees in the uh in the in the uh, live broadcast says the patient should have been a scientologist they would have gotten it perfect um ye- i'm not going to touch scientology uh with a 10-foot pole on that i am not a fan i'll tell you that having having watched plenty of plenty of the uh leah rimini uh scientology show and reading going clear and some of the other uh publications that have come out about scientology and uh some of the stuff that is not good about it i'm not a fan um and it's a shame that individuals uh, are part of it Roger Wilco says, or a Christian scientist. Again, I don't know much about Christian sh- scientists. All I know is that they don't allow. And I guess this is what uh, Dash is getting to as well. That they do not really like to have medical work. Or I mean, I think with uh, with right, yeah. They, they, they have, there's a lot of issues with it, and I'll I'll just let it go at that. Um, so anyhow that is that was the that was a second piece of news uh that we could play the game of is it anti-semitism or not um now let's go to piece number three and piece number three is an interesting article that i found uh probably once again through our judaism and uh, a lot of times i will get my that, that's where i get my sources from uh is because they'll post stuff that is pretty stupid, but I might have seen it elsewhere, and I don't recall. And I'm going to have to start putting where I find the sources into my uh, show notes here that I have for myself. But what they did was they the a, there is a U.S. State Department official who says Jewish ideas poison. Poison people, um, and there is a U.S. State Department employee named Fritz Bergerin, who has been moonlighting as a blogger devoted to attacking Jews and promoting white Christian nationalism. Now, this guy has been apparently part of the State Department for a number of years. It's not he is. Uh, the, the, yes, he has been identified as a foreign service worker since as early as 2009. Now, when you ask yourself, is this anti-Semitism? Clearly, clearly this is. Uh, you know, he is somebody that is uh, definitely goes beyond the pale of of what to say and what not to say and Jewish ideas poison people, uh the founders of the original Antichrist religion, they who are the seed of the serpent that brood of vipers. He must be fun at parties. I, I, I don't know. He he must be fun at parties. Uh, He goes on further to write in a October 4th, 2020 post on his website, Jews are not God's chosen people. Judeo-Christian is Antichrist. Mm. Again, must be a really nice guy. Anyhow, um, obviously this is pretty anti-Semitic, I would have to say, um... It is it is pretty anti-semitic and it is a little frightening that an individual like this has been in a post a public service post a public servant since 2009 with beliefs like this it, I, I mean if anybody would have beliefs like this about another race they need any race really they need to be fired, and fast. Uh, hopefully, they they have the State Department has corrected this slight oversight and have gone ahead and fired this individual because he needs it. Of course, it will be the Jews that have done it, and the, now that the goyim know, we gotta we gotta shut it down. That the Jews control the government, but this is this is. Uh, extremely troublesome to me uh this comes actually the the original article comes from the comes from the jerusalem post so and again that link will be in the show notes if you want to read the article yourself you could check it out number four yes shut down the government dash exactly got to shut it all down you know, and that kind of reminds me, I, I, I don't know why, but it always reminds me of the, uh, you know, circling back to S- Saturday Night Live. It reminds me when Robert Guillaume was, uh, who had played Benson in the uh, sitcom titled Benson. And he had done it, he, and his monologue, he did a bit, calling for moderation. And he said, let's go have some moderation or we're going to burn this place down. Which is obviously a... a, a joke um you know and i I've, I've been known to chant at some point in some time what do we want moderation when do we want it in the fullness of time but uh, that is uh, and my students look at me like i have six heads because i i'm most likely Hadou. um <laughs> but in any event that is uh, you know that, that is that is that but that was that was something that was extremely troublesome um, also as troublesome I would say is a article from The Times of Israel that has that the uh, London mayor's diversity head has a little issue and his little issue is that, he supported a historian apparently for he he was very big of with a more very let's just go through reading this here before i uh, say anything yes um so this this historian claimed that there was immoral hierarchy of suffering, which has seen victims of the Holocaust served well by Nazi hunters compared to African victims of the slave slave trade. Uh, this is a book that he has. He claimed that in the book that he claims that the Jews played a leading role in the Atlantic slave trade, which is actually something. If I am not mistaken, uh, this is actually something that uh, our good friend uh, Louis Farrakhan brings up often as well and this is something that uh along, among the black hebrews as well this is something that is uh consistently an issue I'm, I'm that they that they harp on um so you know he called so this uh academic tony martin uh, co- uh who the person whose name is uh let me go back up here and try to find it it is a Tony Agbitu, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, so this academic Tony Martin, who we was quoting, wrote a book called The Jewish Onslaught and considered this individual a first class historian. Uh, postscript to this, the book Jewish Onslaught was condemned by Mar- uh by Martin by Martin's own faculty members as anti-Semitic when it was released back in, hold on to your hats folks, 1994. So once again, this is uh, most likely anti-Semitism. I'm not even going to say most likely, I don't know why I said most likely to begin with, but this is anti-Semitism and it's, uh, it's it, it ain't good. The guy did get fired, um, but you know... Again, you know, people have these, have these beliefs. I am, you know, and I think that this actually, therein lies an interesting dichotomy, which is, which is, there is a difference between criticizing the state of Israel and doing what you're, you know, what these two, Two people have done. Um, Raj Wilco comments: It's noteworthy to him mm-hmm. that the not anti-Semitic examples are merely eye-rolling, but the anti-Semitic examples are frighteningly ugly and pretty scary. Yes, they are. And one of the things that I always point out to individuals, and I've I've gotten heat from it for it elsewhere, is that anti-Semitism is not just a right-wing issue there are plenty of anti semites out there on the left who are well known and yet still have a say and people tried or act like they respect them for some reason um and it's it's just mind-boggling to me why that is the case but unfortunately is the case okay so one more piece here that i want to get to which is and i don't have a link for it and i am sure uh, i am sure dash will probably find the link for me but it is everybody's favorite rapper young pharaoh Um, and he made he was supposed to (laughs) apparently cpac has has come so far and has really progressed so far that uh only the greatest and lightest brights such as <laughs> as dash mentions young pharaoh is why he's in here <laughs> i knew i knew it um so yes um he's you know a cpac the conservative american um political congress or whatever uh is is now really attracting only the brightest and best of conservatives such as young pharaoh who has said that he does not believe that there are jews jews do not exist so folks if you are listening to this podcast just know this is a figment of your imagination there is nothing else to really hear this is totally made up i've not i'm not even here I don't exist so real Jews don't exist um, again this is probably a lot of Farrakhan and black Hebrew stuff mixed together which they generally do get mixed together and become a wonderful wonderful uh, wonderful wonderful combination and concoction of hate but that was today's game now obviously that is anti-semitic um for some reason young pharaoh offered to debate somebody and or debate rabbis uh surprisingly nobody took him off on his offer and uh as i mentioned when this happened it's two almost two weeks ago now thanks to the fact that i didn't do the episode last week uh because of the uh, my internet outage but um you know you don't want to argue or try to debate these individuals unless you are really knowledgeable about what they're going to argue about because this is this is the um as michael c Moynihan has mentioned a couple of times on the fifth column podcast which i feel like i have to i'm contractually obligated to make a point about or bring up every episode um you don't want to debate these individuals because if you think that you are going to be able to run circles around them you most likely are not because they have their act down and they have their what they want to do down to a (laughs) yes dash asks he wants to know what year he thinks jews were made up that would be an interesting insight yeah that actually would be i i am uh, you know um Yes, for example, where they made up post-Atlantic slave trade. Excellent thought, excellent thought. Um, you know, we'll have to we'll have the committee look into that for you. Dash to let let you know when we started making this up. Um, but you know, getting back to my point, uh, it's like when you are arguing. You know, if you try to debate a anti-Holocaust person, and and the, the names the name escapes me the famous one that had the label suit libel suit in london um i don't remember what his name was um but you know that was the example that michael c moynihan from the fifth column podcast and vice news talked about david irving yes he's the same one that is the lizard people am i crazy think or am i conflating two different people I think that he's the same person that believes there's lizard people that want to control the world. Um, or that do control the world actually. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I am the expert and I am on the committee, but I can't really talk about that. So that's why it's just a rhetorical question here. You understand, right? So anyhow, um, So yes, David Irving, if you're going to have a debate with David Irving, you better know your information and history cold and have ice cold facts. You can't just say, well, look at this, look at that. I think that I'm a pretty good debater, relatively fast on my feet, not the best, but relatively fast and with, with, in terms of thinking and i probably would not i would be terrified i'd be terrified to debate young pharaoh quite honestly although i do find it ironic that young pharaoh is making this uh you know decided to make this news right before passover started so i thought that was a you know you've got to give him some credit for that at least he's uh, being true to form here all right so any any questions any more thoughts about our new game is it anti-semitism narco bidenist has a very good question here uh do you know if he is do you do you know if i am correct in thinking that hate crime statistics consistently show jews are the biggest targets to the best of my knowledge the numbers that i have seen in new york city specifically and i actually back in the day when i wrote a when i had my blog post um uh the, the 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 I, when i when i did write blog posts on uh, benedictfamily.org which i don't write blog posts there anymore and it's i i just own the domain out of uh you know complacency more than anything else at this point and the fact that all my email goes to that domain um but anyway you know i did make that note that the number one In New York City, the number one—and this is actually before COVID hit—and I think post-COVID, it's probably gotten worse. But the number, the highest number percentage-wise, has consistently been Jews, being uh, with regard to hate crime statistics. Now, of course, this being the fifth column, Discord server, unofficial Discord server. uh, You know, the question is whether or not there should actually be crimes classified as hate crimes that is a different story i am willing to you know talk about that off off channel or off off the podcast um but yes as far as i know they have been the biggest uh the the largest percentage of rise recently of of crimes (coughs) Also I apologize for the cough, I am getting over a cold which uh, thankfully is is finished because those are not fun. Um, So anyway, let's get on to the main topic which I really wanted to do, like I keep saying, I really wanted to do it last week. Unfortunately I did not get a chance to do that thanks to Optimum and uh, Altice and whatever company it is this week, uh, messing up my internet connection for the entire afternoon slash early evening. But wanted to talk a little bit about the holiday that was just passed. We had it last Friday, and that is the holiday of Purim. Now, an interesting, first interesting little thing, and, and first you know I do like to consider Purim and I think I do I like to call it and this is gonna probably be the uh, title of the title of the episode as well the ultimate they tried to kill us we survived let's eat holiday and um you know what's interesting is both Purim and Hanukkah are are of rabbinic in nature so there is no uh, Torah commandment whatsoever to actually have a celebration of Hanukkah and have a celebration of Purim. They are holidays that uh, are rabbinic in nature because obviously they happened uh, well after the the Torah was given. And so let's, let's take a look at this. Um, one of the things I wanted to get out of the way right away is there is some misconception regarding the... the holiday of Purim, and it being the Jewish Halloween. And I guess you could say it is the Jewish Halloween if you consider that people get in costumes. Yes. Um, You know, that, I guess, is it. But... uh, you know for all intents and purposes it, it serves a totally different purpose than than Halloween does uh, with regard to the types of costumes that you wear uh, with regard to a lot of different things in fact I can't remember the last well yeah forget about that part um, but you know it's it's a totally totally different different holiday um, in a lot of different factors. And so what is this holiday that happened? Well, the holiday that happened is, um, takes place some some sometime before, I'm gonna say around 760 BCE, before the Common Era. And there was a king who in Hebrew Hebrew was called Ahashverosh. And he had a advisor, and the advisor's name was Haman or Haman, as they as it's pronounced in Hebrew. And Haman wanted to destroy all of the Jews for various reasons. And um, through ver- machinations, the king uh, had gotten rid of his original queen he had taken a new queen whose name was esther she it was actually jewish and uh she told the king that uh Haman wanted to make this decree and basically everything you know you know he, they they hung him they got rid of the decree actually not not really they got rid of the decree but they were allowed to fight and uh, that that was that um You know there are two interesting books that I would like to mention, and I'm going to probably hit hit into the get into the show notes as well. Which is a book. um, So anyway, let's let's go through this. Hold one second. So what what happens on the day of Purim, and what happens on the day of Purim, is there are four main mitzvot or commandments that we we observe on that day number one we read the book of Esther um, both at night and in the day so you have to hear the book of Esther twice once at night once during the day Um, there is a very interesting book about the book of Esther, which is written by an individual by, named Dr. Erica Brown. Uh, it's called Esther Fragility. Um, what is it called? It's uh, I, it's it's called. Uh, now I'm going to have to look up the thing because I don't have the full title here. Uh, that's bad bad job on my part. Let's take a look at that. But it's a very interesting. It gives a lot of insight and actually talks a lot about modern insight to the uh to the book or to the book of esther um so it's it's very very interesting um in, for example the uh here it's called esther power Fa- fate and fragility in exile is the name of the is the official name of the book um, but for example one of the things that i did not know and it was interesting to me was that the original original queen of King Achishverosh, who again, in the, in the book of Esther goes by the name of Vashti. She was considered a proto-feminist, if you would, and was a heroine to the suffragettes, which was something I didn't know. It was a very interesting insight for me. Um, I enjoyed learning that um and so that is that is an interesting book if you do want to go through you know go and get some more insight into the book of esther that is definitely something that you can uh that you can do so that's that's the first thing that we do is we read this book of esther twice during once during the day once during the night it's uh done in a melodic tune and it's uh, you know a lot of times when the name Haman comes up, a lot of the, the people are going to bang, try to to in order to erase his name. Um, so you know again, lots of fun there. Lots of different things that happen when Haman's name gets mentioned. You could have firecrack, fire uh, fireworks going off, cap guns going off, uh... person playing drums. You can it it's it's just a totally. Wild scene in a lot of places. Um, so that's that's commandment number. That's commandment number one. Commandment number uh, the second commandment that we'll talk about is that on the day of Purim, you are required to give a gift of at least two foods to one person. So that's you're going to give two foods to one person. So generally, you could give uh, you know. You know some some cake and a bottle of wine or something like that uh, because that gets into a third thing that's going to happen that we'll talk about uh, another thing that we'll talk about with perm in a minute or two but that is uh that is definitely um something that we do and again this is to foster the concept of this is to foster good uh you know like a sense of brotherhood i guess you could say or um i'm, I'm thinking of another word but i can't i can't uh, it's on the tip of my tongue but i can't think of it but i would say fostering a a concept of brotherhood among everybody and so that they can go ahead and you know feel good and everybody feels good about themselves so that is another that is another um an- another commandment that we do like I said, that's at least one person. Most of the times now in modern days, we, you give to, I would say anywhere between 10 and 10 people and up, you might give a lot more than, more than 10. We try, my family generally, uh, is very conservative on that side. We, we use usually do a very low number, but that's just because I'm a misanthrope misanthrope and nobody likes me. But, um, so anyway, um, <coughs> that's that's the second commandment there the third commandment is that you need to give charity to two individuals who need it so that they can have enough for a meal which is roughly five dollars so you have to give in for charity you have to give generally about ten dollars to uh to an individual to, to, um, to out five dollars per Per poor person so that they are able to have a they can make their own meal um so that is that is also something that it gets done um and what else happens is that right before generally right before the uh the holiday ends because with most as with most jewish holidays the holiday starts the night before and it goes to the night it goes through until the next night. And um right before the holiday ends, there is a festive meal that goes on. And during that meal, you uh, there is a positive there is a commandment to drink enough so that you do not know the difference between. Mordechai, who is a hero in the Book of Esther, and Haman, who is cursed and obviously the antagonist in the Book of Esther. Now, interestingly enough, this is... um, uh, you know, my students play this up greatly and get try to get very, very drunk. Uh, there are opinions that say that it does not. You do not need to get drunk. Uh, just having a cup and a little bit extra than you usually have is enough, and you could then go take a nap. And uh, you know that you are thusly uh, not knowing the difference between Mordecai and Haman once you are sleeping. So that you know that is that is really it in a in a nutshell but like i said it really has um there's a very redemptive quality to it and one of and it's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful holiday in spite of people being drunk uh quite often and quite a lot um i am not one of those individuals I I've learned my lesson the hard way and I don't get drunk anymore uh... I've got got drunk twice on perm and that was uh, probably one more time than I needed to quite honestly to exp- <laughs> to get the experience um... be that as it may it it's a really it's it's actually quite a holiday to behold uh if you can if you get to that and and you can see that it's 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 really really nice and you see actually some of these uh the purim parties that there are in the schools um are are you know lots of dancing lots of singing and lots of uh lots of drunks too but um there there is that um you know i i would say that you know one of the questions that i generally get asked is wouldn't this lead to a huge alcoholism issue um and people becoming alcoholics and yes there is that potential and in fact uh someone who passed away very recently rabbi abraham twersky who did a lot of work with alcoholics and recovery from alcoholism has was very against people drinking on purim he did not think that it was uh, necessary at all to do and like i'd mentioned there are there are very big authority opinions that say that this is the case Um, and you just generally cannot cannot do uh you know you shouldn't do it but most people do that's that's all i can say about it it's not something that i uh you know in fact i'll, I'll, I'll say this you know we went out for the poor meal this year uh, my Malky and i my wife and i we went out and uh we were invited to a place and we actually had to ask if there <laughs> drunk son and son-in-law, I should say drunk son-in-law was going to be there because this is an individual that always gets drunk on Purim. And we didn't have any, well, my wife didn't have any interest in really <laughs> being, being part of that. Um, I can handle it. I, I mean, it's it's not the greatest, but I can handle it. Yep. But any, in any event, uh, that individual was not there. So we did go to the meal and all was right in the world. And that is, um, Purim in a you know as, as as a quick you know high level overview uh anybody in the chat have any have any questions and while we're waiting for people in the chat to have any questions uh my lovely wife was there anything that i missed that i should that i should bring up um, i think we give it somewhere between 10 and 20 packages okay so my wife says that we we kind of bring, give out between 20, 10 and 20 packages Oh, let me give you some I'll, I'll throw out some terminology and jargon there for you as well um, that the packages that you give to your to your friends to individuals that have two things that they could use for a meal are called Mishaloch Manos and then there are and the the giving the the money to the poor is called Matanos Le'ev Yonim Evion is a, a poor person, and Matana is a gift. So you're giving that gift to the poor person. Um, also, another custom that there is out there is that they ha- we have these three-cornered pastries that are filled with generally fruit, and or or poppy seeds which um i am totally not on team poppy seed with this uh but uh, it's it's i like the fruit fillings or a chocolate filling on this and they are called either hamantashen which is like a haman's hat or in hebrew actually the word is ozne haman which means haman's ear so you got two different You got two different, uh, two different, uh, ways to go on that. I call them hamantaschen, uh, unless I'm with some individuals that generally call them azne haman, and then I'll just, I'll code switch on that to, to do it. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> you, <Yeah. laughs> an undisclosed person that's in this room, do you, do you have anything that you'd like to add? Nothing. Nothing that you'd like to add? Okay. So the undisclosed person doesn't have anything that they would like to add either, um, Let's see here. Ah, so Narco Biden says, I am now realizing the annual Jewish food and culture festival that happens in my town usually falls around this time. Maybe that's not a coincidence. It might not be a coincidence, Narco. It might not be a coincidence. Um... Dash asks me the important question here. Are you pro-poppy seed hamantaschen or anti-poppy seed hamantaschen? I am anti-poppy seed hamantaschen, my man. Totally. Those things are nasty, and I do not like them. And if you do not like that, you are just have a wrong opinion, and I am sorry for you. Let's see. Logan's about... Looks like Logan's asking a question. Um... You know, some of my friends are pro poppy seed hamantash, and I'll just have you know. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm a you know I'm totally against. it. Some of my friends are are pro hop, poppy seed hamantash, and they make nice breakfasts for people too. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, so so, uh, Logan is. I'm waiting for Logan to ask that question here. Have you seen For Your Consideration? All I knew about Purim was that the movie um All I Know About Purim before this was from a song they sang in the fake Oscar bait movie they made. I have not seen For Your Consideration. I, I don't know if I actually have the patience to sit through and watch a movie, um, no matter how spoofy it is anymore. I'm just I, I just do not have the uh the the, the the wherewithal and the intention span for it. I've I've not seen it though. Um for some reason when you said for your consideration i thought of life as beautiful instead uh, it's a holiday movie about built around perm uh, you and logan recommends it um logan are you sure that's not uh it's a christopher guest movie oh then i'm going to have to watch it okay if it's a christopher guest movie then i'm going to have to watch it um i am all for christopher guest movies uh they are awesome and um this one might just go to eleven because that's one more than ten um but uh let's see here you know logan i thought i thought die hard was a purim movie is die hard not a purim movie it counts it counts as a purim movie all right good to hear okay um so anyway with that um if there are no if, are, if there are, are there any more questions in the chat Hmm. Oh, my wife has another comment. Hold on one second, folks. Some people have more than one feast. Some have two feasts. Okay, yes, yes. Some people do have more than one one feast. Some people have a feast in the afternoon and a feast in the evening. This is this is true. What am I making you for Purim? Well, I've got a small bottle of Jack Daniels a student of mine gave me um, that I can give you. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> uh, that is about it right now we are just uh we, we are actually now in the destruction of pura mode um actually you know dash you ask a very good question um which is Jack Daniels is traditional you assume it is not traditional I mean well traditional yes because everybody gets uses you know get can drink whiskey but uh the the best way and the way to really perform the commandment properly to to not know the difference between Mordecai and Haman should be done through wine. Um, it should be done through wine, and um, I'm not going to show the Manischewitz uh, or the uh, the Fraser scene or that I that I put into the show notes for last week or last episode. But um, that is that is that. Okay, so. Um, did I do? You, did you talk more about Passover um, at the top of the cast? Yes, I, I am not going. To, I did not talk about Passover yet, Ro, uh, Raj Wilco. I w- would like to make that another episode. Um, maybe next. Maybe next week or in two weeks. Uh, to or, or maybe next episode, which we're going to hopefully, God willing, record next Sunday night or the following one, where I can do the talking about Passover. Um, because I would like to do that. Uh, yes, my wife points out I do have a wedding next week, so I'll have to see what goes on. It's a second cousin, second cousin or first cousin once removed. I don't know. First cousin's daughter. First cousin's daughter, whatever that makes it. We're go- we have a wedding to go to. Um, anyway, folks, uh, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. Uh, once again, thank you very much to the fine moderators at the fifth column disc, unofficial discord channel and, and discord server. And so once again, I am Aaron Benedict and I am not a rabbi. See you next time.